All right, good morning. Um, right there, that's my bitmochi. You think that looks like me? Everybody thinks that, look, look it's even got the plaid shirt and everything. Uh, the whiskers need to be changed a little bit to gray, but anyway. Hey, I've got good news today, and I want to be able to uh, share that with you. Um, but first, just a little bit of information about that song. A little good news. That song was from 1983, um, 37 years ago. Just to kind of give you an idea uh, how long that was, I was 11 years old then. Um, but Ann Murray released that song, and it became a number one hit, and she, I think, won some awards for it. But listen, I can relate to that song. As I was preparing this message today, which I've titled Good News, Great News, Now What? Um, that song come to my mind. And so I looked it up and, you know, I thought to myself, man, I could sure use a little good news today. And, you know, I don't know uh, about you all, but uh, with everything that's going on in our world today, you know, uh, what we tune into on, on um, CBS, ABC, NBC, Fox News, CNN, you know, you can ask my wife, I, I have Channel 200 and Channel 205, CNN and Fox News, and I'm going back and forth to get the comparison of the two. And, you know, it's just, it's crazy. Brother Dwayne told me one time I need to quit watching so much news and I need to read my Bible. That was good advice. But anyway, there's nothing but negative on the news today. And it's not just on our news channels, but it's uh, there, there's all sorts of crazy stuff on Facebook. Now, it's not all bad. But, you know, and I'm not on Facebook, but occasionally I have somebody come to me with, with something that's been posted on Facebook. You know, I'm sitting here scratching my head thinking, why in the world would anybody put that on Facebook? And then, why in the world would anybody be friends with someone who puts that on Facebook? You know, so there's all kinds of crazy stuff out there and negative things around us, bad news. It, it comes to our cell phones, you know, everyday news feed, and I open it up, and yeah, not good, not good, not good. You can just check them off there. And it, it's never, hardly ever good that we see on the news. We're surrounded by it. News that is filled with things like this, hate. You know, if you pay attention to the news very much, if you're, if you're watching it and you sit there and listen to it very long, you'll find yourself hating the person that they're talking about. You know, it, it, the news is filled with hate. It's filled with things like right now, floods, fear, riots, protest, fire. All of California is on fire, it seems. Hurricanes, churches being burned, daily death counts. Every day, there's a daily death count 
posted right there on the news channel. Lying politicians. And one more political ad, and they're going to get worse on our, on our news stations. You know, and they're all lying about the other person. What happened to the day when politicians ran on their record and not ran on what the other person, pointing out the other person and all their bad things? You know, they're, they're just, it's a bunch of negative stuff. Job loss, war, hunger, racial divide. And guys, listen, this, this bad news, it just goes on and on and on and on. We need good news. I need good news. And so guess what? Today I have some good news for you. I have good news for you if you are a Christian. And I have good news for you if you are not. And I'm sure there are some that are in the church today that are not. So I've got good news for you. You know, I don't care how bad you think you are or how bad you have been. I've got good news for you today. You have a past. Who here doesn't? I've got good news for you too. And here's the good news. Are you ready? God loves you. Amen. He loves you. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are or what you have done. Now, you need to hear that. I don't care who you are or what you have done, what your past looks like. You need to hear it today, clearly, that God loves you. And you need to just open those ears up and hear it. I mean, he does. He loves you. And here's the thing. He wants a relationship with you. God wants a relationship. And that word relationship there means to be a, to, to, a connection. God wants a connection to you and to you. He, he wants to be connected with us. He desires it. He wants a relationship with us. He wants to be connected to us. But here's the thing. We hear this all the time in church. But we're separated. God wants to be connected to us, but we are separated from him because of our sins. And, you know, so here's the thing. You, you cannot be connected to God by being a good person. It's not going to get you there. Or by doing, you know, nice things, feeding the hungry, you know, going to church three times a week. Uh, that's not going to get you there. That's not going to... Uh, tighten that relationship that God wants to have with you. Here, you know, so the good news is this, is that God loves you and he loves me so much that he wants a relationship or a connection with us. So he, God, made a way. He made a way for you and me to be connected to him. And we find that in John chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. It's a familiar scripture. We hear it all the time. But it says this, For God so loved, for God loved the world in this way, that he gave his one and only Son, that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting or eternal life. Verse 17 says, For God did not send his Son into the world, that he might condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. 
And then in verse 18, it says, Anyone who believes in him is not condemned, but anyone who does not believe is already condemned because he has not believed in the name of the one and only Son of God. John 3.16 uh, says, For everyone, I love that word, everyone, everyone. This is for everyone, not just a select few. God's love is for everyone. It says, who, whoever or everyone who believes in him shall not perish. And then there in verse 17 says that he did not, God did not send Jesus to this earth to condemn it. And to condemn is to express a complete disapproval of or uh, sentence someone to a particular punishment, to special death. You know, God did not send Jesus to disapprove. He didn't send him down here to say, uh, that was not good. Bad, you know. He didn't do that. He sent Jesus to save us from the very sins that we commit. Uh, and God, out of his love for you and me, uh, he sent Jesus uh, to save us. And that word save there, I love this. Uh, the word save means to keep safe but, or to rescue. God sent Jesus to rescue us. He sent Jesus to rescue us from our sins. We sing songs about it, like love lifted me. I was sinking deep in sin, far from a peaceful shore. Very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry, and from the waters lifted me. Now safe am I. Jesus was sent. To save us. That's good news. That is good news. Jesus came to rescue us from our very sins, which ultimately leads to death. So, we must believe in Jesus and have life. And there in verse 18, it says, Anyone, anyone, I love those words, everyone and anyone. It's available to everybody. Anyone who believes in him is not condemned. Anyone who believes in the one and only Son of God, Jesus Christ, will live. I want you to hear it today. God loves you and he wants a relationship with you. And there is only one way. There is only one way and we find that in John chapter 14 verse 6. Jesus says it. He's talking to the disciples. And he says, you know the way to where I'm going. And Thomas says, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And so Jesus responded in verse 6. He says this. He says, I am the way. There is no other way to the Father. There is no other way to eternal life in heaven. Last Saturday I shared this. At Banji Feasel's funeral, there, there, there's no other way. And Banji believed in the way, Jesus Christ. And because of that, he's experiencing paradise today. There is no other way to the Father except through the Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus says, I am the way. You can't work yourself there. I don't care what other religions tell you. You can't do it that way. There's only one way 
to the Father, and that's through Jesus Christ. He says, I'm the truth. And, you know, anything that comes from the Word of God about Jesus, you can take it to the bank. It's true. You can take it to the bank that it's true, and anything that Jesus Christ spoke, and we're hearing from Him today because all of it's in red ink that I'm coming from today, anything that Jesus has ever said is true. He says, I'm the way, and I'm the truth, and I'm the life. There is no other way to eternal life except through Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. You need to hear that clearly this morning. There is no other way uh, to eternal life in heaven except through Jesus. We've established that. So what do you do with this good news? What do you do with the good news? In John 14, 1, uh, this is what Jesus says. Again, speaking to the disciples, and, you know, it's in the Word, so it's for you and me today as well. Uh, your heart must not be troubled, Jesus says. Believe in God. Believe also in me. We must believe in God the Father of all creation. Uh, we must believe in His love for us, shown to us uh, by sending His Son, uh, Jesus Christ. And we must believe in Jesus as the one and only Son of God and as the one and only way to God. We must believe that Jesus was born of a virgin and that he lived a perfect life and that he started a ministry at age 30. And then at age 33, he was falsely accused and, and he was tried and sentenced uh, to death by crucifixion. You must believe that Jesus died on a cross for you and your sins. You must believe that he was placed in a tomb. And you must believe that he rose from the dead on the third day as King of kings and Lord of lords. And you must believe that he has ascended to sit at the right hand of God. These are all things about Jesus. Uh, his life uh, that you must believe today. The gospel of Jesus Christ is simply this. It is good news for you and for me. It is good news for the United States of America and it is good news for the world. <laughs> and this gospel of Jesus Christ, it must be preached. Now let me tell you something. It's not just up to Dwayne Taylor, David Higgs, and Brent Holloway. But this gospel message of Jesus Christ, God's love for us, is up to every person who professes Christ as Lord. We have got to start preaching the gospel uh, to this lost nation and to this lost world. You want the riots to stop, then start preaching the gospel. And listen, preaching this gospel, I believe, and you're going to hear it today, I believe that there is an urgency to it. I believe that there is an urgency to preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. And there's a reason. Time is running out. 
time is running out. Jesus is coming back, and I personally, you're going to hear me say this several times today, I believe it's soon. And guys, listen, this is great news. Jesus is coming back, and I believe it's soon. Uh, That's great news for the believer. If you're here today and you know Jesus Christ is Lord, man, that is great news. He's coming back. And we're going to hear a little bit about what that looks like here in just a minute. But it's not too good of news for those of you who do not know Jesus. But it's not too late. It's not too late. Uh, For 2,000 years, men have been preaching about Jesus' return. You know, and all, out, out, over all those years, they've, they've talked about it's soon, it's soon, it's soon. And I personally, I believe that it is very soon. Um, and Jesus talks about his return in John chapter 14, verses 2 and 3. Again, speaking to the disciples, he says, In my Father's house are many dwelling places. Talking about heaven. If not, I would have told you. I am going away to prepare a place for you. If I go away to prepare a place for you, here it is, I will come back and receive you to myself. Jesus is talking about his return. He says, I'm going away to prepare a place for you, and I will come back to receive you. And that word receive there is gather. It means to gather. I will come back and gather you to myself. Jesus is coming back. It's great news. In Matthew chapter 24, verses 30 and 31, Jesus kind of gives us an idea uh, of what that's going to look like. And this is what he says. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky. And then the peoples of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven. We heard it in the song David sang. Uh, uh, He will uh, be coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And then it says there he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet And they will, there's this word, gather his elect from the four winds from one end of the sky to the other. They, all the people of the earth, will see the Son of Man. And he's going to be coming on the clouds of heaven, how? With power and great glory. Are you not excited about that? We need to be excited about that. We really do. And it says there in verse 31 that angels, will gather his children. You know what we just read uh, back in John 14, 2 and 3. It said that I will come back. He's talking about his return. I will come back and receive you or gather you. It says angels will gather or they'll receive uh, his children. And then the angels describe Jesus' return in Acts chapter 1, verses 9 and 11. Uh, When Jesus ascended to sit at the right hand of God, it says this. It's not going to be on the screen. He says, it says, he, Jesus, was taken up. And as they, the disciples, were watching, and a cloud took him out of their sight, 
While they were gazing into heaven, suddenly two men in white clothes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking up into heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come in the same way you have seen him go. The angels describe it. Jesus tells him, He's coming back. He's coming back. And so here's this question. When? Everybody wants to know when Jesus is coming back. And the answer to that question is right here in the Word of God. It's right here in John, or, uh, Matthew chapter 24, verse 36. And this is Jesus again speaking. He says, now concerning that day and hour, no one knows. No one knows when I'm going to return. Neither the angels in heaven nor the Son. Jesus doesn't even know. It, it, it says, except the Father only. No one knows but God. And one of these days, he's going to look over. God's going to look over to Jesus, and he's going to say, go get my children. He's going to say, go get my children. He's going to look at him and say, go get your bride. Guys, listen to me. He's coming, and he's coming soon. And we must be ready. We must be ready for that. Matthew, in Matthew 24, verse 42, Jesus again says, Therefore, be alert, since you don't know what day your Lord is coming. Jesus says, be alert. And I think this is a warning from Jesus. He's saying, I'm coming back. And you better be ready. You know, the weatherman says, hey, tomorrow there's a chance of storms. And we're all glued to the TV on Monday, waiting for the storms to hit. Jesus has given us a sign. He has given us a warning here. I'm coming back, and you better be ready. Can you hear it? In Matthew 24, verse 44, Jesus then says, uh, This is why you must also be ready, because the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. We are to be alert, and we are to be ready. And the definition of ready is fully prepared. Are you fully prepared for when Jesus comes back? Do you know Jesus Christ today as your Lord and Savior? Guys, listen, he's coming. And I believe it's soon. So why do I think it's soon? You know, many, many pastors have been preaching it, you know, and they've said it, but why do I, why does Jeremy Bennett think it's soon? Well, based on what I read in Matthew chapter 24, uh, it's, it's, I believe it's soon because of how Jesus answers the disciples' question. In Matthew 24, verse 3. And the question is this. The disciples ask, what is the sign of your coming. What is the sign of your coming? And so Jesus here in Matthew 24 uh, verses 4 through 14. He didn't just give them one sign. He didn't give them or us one sign. But he give, gave them several signs. 
And I'm just going to tell you, I know when you get into Matthew 24 that there's like a thousand different interpretations of Matthew 24. You can Google it for yourself. You're going to uh, have a bunch of different commentaries on it and a bunch of different opinions. But today, you know what? You're getting Jeremy Bennett's thoughts. You're getting my thoughts today. I believe Jesus is coming back, and I believe it's soon, because of the way Jesus answered this question, what are the signs? What is the sign of your return? And so Jesus then responds to them with this. Watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Messiah. And they will deceive many people. He says, you're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, because these things must take place. But the end is not yet. Jesus goes on in verse 7 and he says, nation will rise up against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And he says there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. And then in verse 8, Jesus says, all of these events are the beginning of birth pains. Well, you need to know that uh, many people over the years, over hundreds of years, many people have uh, come forward claiming to be the Messiah. Now, this isn't something Jeremy's make it up. You can look it up for yourself. And uh, we also know that there have been wars and rumors of wars for hundreds, even thousands of years. We know how nations, Nations have been against one another and how kingdoms have come against one another. And we know that famines and earthquakes is something that has been happening for hundreds and thousands of years. Ever since Jesus has ascended to sit at the right hand of God, these things have been taking place. There's a record of it. Don't take my opinion, you know, look it up for yourself. It's all there. But the interesting thing I think this morning... Uh, for me is what he says in verse 8. And I know there's difference in opinion on this, but he says all of these events are the beginning of birth pains. Well, I'll just tell you, all of those events, if they're the beginning of birth pains, based on what Jesus said, they've been happening for 2,000 years. This has been going on for a while. Okay, so then there in verse 9, Jesus says, Then, then they will hand you over for persecution, and they will kill you. He says, You will be hated by all nations because of my name. And then many will take offense. They will betray one another and hate one another. And then in verse 11, it says, Many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. We know that the, the disciples, they were hated and they were persecuted and they were put to death. And ever since uh, they were hated and persecuted and put to death, there have been believers in Jesus Christ that have been hated and persecuted and put to death. And it is taking place in our world today. It's happening. This is no new news. It's been happening for many hundreds of years. And... Uh, it says, and you're going to be hated by all nations because of my name. We know that to be a truth. 
Everywhere in the world, people hate Christians. In every nation, people hate Christians. In the good old U.S. of A., there are people here in our wonderful country that hate Christians. Jesus says it's going to happen. And it has been and it is. Then he says many will take offense and they will betray one another and they will hate one another. I said Wednesday night, there's, there's never been uh, a time where, there's been, where betrayal has been larger than what it is right now. And hatred, it's huge in the days that we're living. Jesus says it's going to happen. In verse 11, he says, Many false prophets will rise up and will deceive many. Now, I just want you to take just a few seconds here and think about all the religions that are not Christ-centered. All the religions that are teaching a false message. Think of all the ones you can think of, and then I want you to think of all the millions and millions of people who are being deceived by this false teaching. It's happening in our world at a rapid pace. You need to hear that, and you need to see it. Many false prophets, Jesus says, will rise up and deceive many. Many millions and millions of people are being deceived today. Because of false teaching. You need to make sure you're not one of them. There's only one way. And that's through Jesus Christ. Don't you forget it. And then verse 12 is where I want to hang out just a little bit. Jesus says, because lawlessness, because lawlessness will multiply, the love of many will grow cold. Now, it's very clear when you turn on the TV and you pay a little bit of attention to the news, you know, uh, that lawlessness is uh, running rampant in our nation. And not just in our nation, but in the world. Lawlessness is a state of disorder. You see that on the news? Lawlessness is a state of disorder due to a disregard of the law. Lawlessness will multiply, Jesus says. But you know what? Jesus here wasn't referring to man's law. He was referring to God's laws. God's laws, the Ten Commands, known as the Ten Commands, do not have other gods, number one. People are making things in their lives a God uh, uh, at a rapid pace in our world today. Do not make an idol in worship. We know that this is taking place. Do not misuse the name of God. I shared with them Wednesday night. It's all over the TV. It's all around us. How people are taking the, the, the name of God in vain and they're misusing it and their teachings and everything. This is happening at a rapid pace. Jesus says lawlessness will multiply 
and the love will grow cold. Think about God's laws and how we're breaking them. Remember the Sabbath is number four. More and more people are turning away from God and leaving the church. Number five, fifth command, honor your father and mother. Boy, we see how kids have less respect for their parents today than they ever have. Because we're not teaching them God's law. You need to love your mom and dad. And number six, God says, uh, do not murder. I shared with them uh, again Wednesday night that, you know, probably on the southwest side of Chicago up there, they probably had 80 people murdered, you know, this week. I think that's just an average. And that's in one place of the entire world. Jesus says, do not, or God says, do not do it. Do not murder. Lawlessness. It's going to multiply. The closer it gets to Jesus' return, you need to hear this now, the closer it gets to Jesus' return, lawlessness is going to multiply. I'm not making it up. Jesus said it. And number seven of the commands, boy, I've got to experience this one firsthand. Do not commit adultery. My father did. And it did nothing but divide our family. And it just kept dividing and kept dividing. There was a reason why God put that, made that a command, because he knows how adultery will destroy. How it will destroy families, how it will destroy the home, how it will destroy churches. It just continues to divide a nation. And a world. Number eight, do not steal. Number nine, do not give false testimony. Do not lie. Number ten, do not covet or have a yearning to possess something that someone else has. The more and more we break those laws, lawlessness multiplies. And the more and more we break God's laws, the more and more we could care less about man's laws. And we're seeing that played out in our nation today. You know, I started out with a video and a song about I need a little good news because I'm seeing lawlessness on my TV screen every day. And it just takes me right back to Matthew 24 where Jesus says this is going to happen. But the, the good news or the great news is this, is that it, it all points to his return. He's coming back, and I believe it's soon. <clears throat> In verse 13 of Matthew 24, Jesus says, The one who endures to the end will be delivered. The one who endures uh, to the end uh, will be delivered. Or the one who keeps the faith through all of these difficult times. The one who keeps the faith. The one who keeps the commands. Will be delivered or will be saved and then in verse 14 one more sign uh, that Jesus shares and you know I, I heard something yesterday where a pastor had uh, read all of that and said you know in Matthew 24 
there was three signs. Well, he and I had a disagreement. You know, even though what he said made sense. Uh, but there's one more sign, I believe. In verse 14, Jesus says, This good news... Hello? This good news of the kingdom of God will be proclaimed to all the nations, uh, will be proclaimed in all the world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. For me, that's just pretty simple. Once the world hears the good news, Jesus is coming back. Well, hundred years ago, that would have been hard for Christians to get the news out there to spread that gospel. It would have been hard for, for Christians to really uh, get the, the good news of Jesus out there a hundred years ago. But today, due to technology, Brother Dwayne's got right down here on his phone. And he could spread the gospel from where he's sitting with someone in China or in Africa. You need to hear it. The gospel is going around the world at a rapid pace. We've been blind to it, or at least I have. It's happening. Uh, you know, I heard somebody say, you know, the devil's loving technology and he's using it to destroy, and that, there's a lot of truth in that statement. But you know what? God is using technology to spread his gospel uh, about his kingdom, about his son, uh, at a rapid pace around this earth. And you better believe it. God is using technology to spread that gospel uh, more than it ever has been. And there in uh, Matthew 24, verse 14, Jesus says it. It will be proclaimed as a testimony in all the world, as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. I think that's pretty simple. So as Christians, we need to be spreading the gospel. We need to be doing it at a rapid pace. Uh, so all of these signs and things I've talked about this morning, all of these signs, they point to uh, the return of Christ. I really do, and I believe uh, it is soon. So today you've heard good news. You've heard that God loves you. He loves you, and he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for you and your sin. If you're here today and you do not know Jesus Christ, you need to hear God loves you and he sent a son to die for you because the sins you commit, the life you live, separates you from a holy God. There had to be a way and God made that way and provided that way through his son, Jesus Christ. If you're a Christian today, you've heard the great news that Jesus is coming soon to get to collect, to receive to himself everyone who believes in him. He's going to be riding on the clouds. Don't be deceived because you're going to know when it's Jesus because he's going to be riding on the clouds and there's going to be, he's going to have great power and coming with great glory. You're going to know. That's great news for the believer. He's coming and he's coming soon. So, You've heard good news. You've heard great news today. 
So now what? What are you going to do with the good news? What are you going to do with it? Well, if you're a Christian today, you need to take that good news and you need to start preaching it. You need to start sharing it at work. You need to take it home to your children. You need to call up your grandkids. You need to be preaching of the gospel, the good news in this lost world. That's if you're a Christian. What do you do with this good news if you're a lost person today? Your time is passing away. Your time is running out. And it all comes down to a choice. To accept truth or reject it. To accept Jesus or reject him. That's what it all comes down to today. You've heard the good news. You've heard the great news. Now what are you going to do with it? In Acts chapter 2 verse 37. We're about done. In Acts chapter 2 verse 37 it says. Or after uh, Peter's preaching. Um. Uh, it says, after Peter's preaching, uh, it says that people fell under deep conviction. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what must we do? And so in Acts chapter 2, uh, verses 38 and 40, this is how Peter responds. He says, Repent. Repent. You've heard the good news. Now, you need to repent. And to repent is to feel or express a sincere regret or remorse about one's wrongdoing or sin. Peter responds to this group. He says, Repent, Peter said to them, and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And he goes on and he says, And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, uh, he testified and strongly urged them, saying, Be saved from this corrupt generation. Peter started preaching it 2,000 years ago, and it's been preached ever since. Be saved from this corrupt generation. Be saved from this corrupt generation. Be saved from this corrupt generation. If you're here today and you do not know Jesus Christ as Lord of your life on 2000, in 2020, may I say, uh, repent and be saved from this corrupt generation. So what must you do to be saved? What must you do? Peter says, repent and be saved. Well, what must you do to be saved? Well, Romans 10, 13 says it this way. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's not hard. It's not hard. You repent. You believe in God. 
You believe in Jesus as the Son of God sent here to save us. You repent and you call on Jesus and be saved. So today you've heard the good news. You've heard great news. Jesus is coming back. We don't know when, but boy, based on what I see happening in our world today, it sure feels like it's soon. You've heard the good news. You've heard the great news. What are you going to do with it today? Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for this opportunity uh, to share your word. Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus, and his life uh, freely given uh, for us and our sins. And Father, we just pray that if there's anyone here today that uh, does not know Jesus as Lord of their life, that you speak to them, touch their hearts and their mind. Speak to them, Father. We just pray that uh, you be with us through the rest of this service, through this time of invitation. If someone's here and needs to make a decision, whether it be to follow Jesus or perhaps they feel the need to rededicate their life to serving the Lord, Whatever it may be, if there's a decision that needs to be made, God, we just pray that you be with them. We love you and we thank you for all things. And above all, we thank you for your son, Jesus. And it's in his precious name we pray. Amen.